All right. Well, good morning. How are we doing? Great. All right. Let's try that again. Good morning. How are we doing? Awesome. That's what I like to hear. Well, welcome to Kensington. My name is Hayden. I'm the worship arts director around here. And if you guys were with us last week, you saw that we had an awesome opportunity to hear a song that our Breakaway and Edge students do. So that's our middle school and our high school ministry. And so today for you guys, we have an awesome treat. We have our worship leaders from K-Kids. They wanted to come down here, sing a song, and just have some fun. They're going to go through some dance moves with you guys. And so I want to invite you guys to stand up. We're going to start off singing, having some fun, and they're going to lead us through this song. All right? All right, here we go. Incredible or what? I can't even hold a candle to you guys. You are incredible. Hey, do me a favor. Let you guys, can you take a bow and do one more big hand? This is powerful. Ready? Three, two, one. Take the bow. There you go. All right. Thank you guys so much. You're incredible. Do you love this? We've got hundreds of these little people flying around our campus with oodles of talent and God's calling on their life. It's unbelievable. So cool. Well, hey, a lot of good things going on. Uh, at our campus. want to share a few of them with you. Uh, one thing is called the No Child Program. And uh, in fact, we just had a team that came back from Africa uh, and they spent time. In fact, some of them are here, aren't they? Yeah, there we go. There's Stacey Mallard right there. They give her a big hand. She was literally just cross. Come on. That's why we got to give them a hand because you don't want one. 
uh, this is an incredible thing where you can spend around $38 a month and you can help meet the needs, literally physical needs, shelter, food, education, stuff like that um, for one of these kids. And so I, I just encourage you to like think about it, pray about it, consider it. Don't feel pressured, but if you feel a nudge, it's an incredible way to impact a kid. It really is. So uh, another thing we have coming up too, I think we've got some different slides because we're in our series. It's just a phase. And for our breakaway in middle school program and our edge in high school program, uh, a lot of good things. There's an all-nighter coming up uh, for breakaway, which is really cool. And I did say that they're going to be up all night long. And if, uh, how many volunteers want to go on that one? Wait a minute, got crickets in the room on that. So maybe you guys can do shifts, right? But it's going to be a great time. But the cool thing is we're doing this here in place of kind of a traditional camp experience for them. We are going to take them and do kind of like a week-long serving mission trip. Uh, and all the campuses are going to do this, and we're really excited. In fact, I don't even know. Yeah, just you can go online, get on our app, go to Starting Point, and learn more about that too. So really incredible thing our students going to be part of this year. So another great thing going on too, you heard about it last week, Simply Alive, kind of like our Bible study, your Bible groups, and you can learn more about that. Christine Schiestel is kind of leading the way. You can see her at Starting Point afterwards. And I'm telling you, if you are just like in a season of life where you need more enrichment, you need encouragement, or you maybe are feeling like God's got a little bit more for you, one of these groups would be dynamic for you to be in. So just like consider it and just maybe to stop by starting point and learn a little bit more, okay, about what's going on. So, well, hey, we have got an announcement we want to share, kind of a, kind of an exciting thing. So guys, why don't you come on up and uh, you can give a hand. This is Holly McCullough. Rachel Ketchum, and then Laura Messamore with her family. And as you know, Holly has been here since we've launched, and uh, she's really our, our K-Kids lead, and, and her and Rachel have been sharing in the directorship. Uh, and you guys have just done, seriously, an incredible job, and we love you. And the way I want to frame this to open up is that they're not leaving, but we are shifting gears, okay? Uh, probably the best way. And so, Holly, I, I'd love if you just kind of would tell them what God's been up to and what you guys are doing. Sure. Um... Well, if I'm honest, I would probably say that for about 10 years, the Lord's been nudging me. Why does it take us so long to obey him? Um, But it definitely has taken me that long. Uh, He's calling me to go back to school to become a nurse. So um, I'm going to start that. Ah, it's like nervous sighted, you know, (laughs) Um, I'm super excited about it. It's been such a fun time working on staff here. Uh, It really has been such a blessing. I've loved helping launch this campus. Such sweet memories. So it's bittersweet for me. But like Jeremiah said, we're just switching. We're just shifting. Um, This is still our home. This is our home church. You're not going to get rid of me that quickly. I will still be in the K-Kids area serving um, and excited to step into that different role. So yeah. Same with me. The Lord's just moving me onto something different right now. And um, again, I've been a little bit dragging my feet with obedience, but I've, um, the Lord is asking me to write a book, specifically um, a devotional this year. So that's my goal for this year to get that um, completed. So prayers appreciated for uh, motivation, self-discipline, etc. So, <clears throat> but yeah, it's been so amazing being on staff. Serving with Holly this past year and a half has just been a dream. Um, and just Kensington is such a huge part of my story, so it's been really awesome to be able to be on staff this year and a half, and um, yeah, such a blessing. So we're excited for the future, though, very much. Yeah, and we're really excited to introduce you to Laura and uh, her family. I'll let her introduce them, but um, you guys, we're getting a gift in her. She is such a blessing. The little bit that I've gotten to know her, it's a gift, and I'm super excited to pass the torch along to her. Uh, she's going to take care of your kids wonderfully. So, Laura. Don't judge that based on how well I take care of mine, right? <laughs> yeah, my name is Laura, and this is my family. This is my husband, Andy, and my five-year-old, Olivia, and my two-year-old, Charlotte. Um, and I am so, so grateful um, to be back in Clarkston, but especially to be joining the Kensington family. Y'all are um, have been so loving and just welcomed us in. And um, 
Holly and Rachel have been wonderful, and the staff is great. I have really big shoes to fill. Um, but I am so excited to get to know all of you. I love your vision of being a family together on mission. Um, and so I'm excited to be a part of that and especially to get to know each of your individual families and to partner with you um, and with your kids as you help to shape and grow your kids and help them to experience the love of Jesus. So I'm honored and really excited to be here and can't wait to meet you all. I love this. Hey, we, yeah, give them a, do me a favor. Give them a big hand. We have got a reception that we're going to for Laura, so it gives you an opportunity to meet her, talk to her, uh, get to know her a little bit more. And, uh, and Jamie's got something he's going to present uh, to the ladies right now. It's kind of a symbolic thing. Yeah, it'll be in the K-Kids lobby. And so this is kind of symbolic from your military career, isn't it? Uh, something, a tradition you learned there that you want to kind of do now. Yeah, so in the Army, one of the things that we do when people are transitioning is we like to uh, present roses. And so we have red roses here for Holly and for Rachel. And the, okay. So the red rose is representative of the relationship that we've built with Holly and Rachel and just how our love for them has just bloomed over the years that they've been here. Nope, I'm good. And just how, oh, man. You thought I was emotional, huh? You've got a guy from the military and he's emotional. That's why they don't let me on stage. Oh. <laughs> and just, just how awesome are, that we love the two of them and what they've meant to us. And so we wanted to make sure they had that. And then for Laura... Super excited about your yellow He's roses. He's excited, man. He's excited. <laughs> and so for Laura, the yellow roses represent friendship and then the blooming relationship that we hope to have with you as you spend your time here and getting to know our families. And so we're just super excited about you being here. So just want to say thank you both to, our, to the three of you, two of you, for what you guys have done here. And, and we're looking forward to you guys serving. And Laura, welcome. We're really excited about where he goes. We'd love to. Uh, yeah, it's platform. We'd love just to pray, if it's okay with you guys, just to pray over really new beginnings and new journey. So uh, it's kind of huddle in a little bit. Yeah. So God, we, uh, we ask your blessing. And he says your, your mercies are like new, brand new every day. And uh, one of the most beautiful things Jesus, he's saying in scripture is come and follow me. And I, I'm convinced what a beautiful thing you've invited Holly into and Rachel into and now Laura and Andy and their family. God, thank you for always providing. Thank you for... Uh, creating shifts in our life. And thank you, I'll say this personally, thank you for them not even leaving though because we love them. Thank you for what they've done here. Jesus, it's beyond words or any gifts that we could give them, the contribution they've made in our lives and the kids' lives. So may you bless in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you guys so much. We love you. Hey, do me a favor. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just stand up for a moment. And some of you, because we still have people kind of trickling in, if you feel free to come a little bit closer, I promise I won't spit on you, or even just kind of scoot in a little bit, and you'll open up the aisleways for people coming in late. Thank you. She took her first step. Have a great day, sweetie. I hope she'll be okay. Oh, she'll be fine. All right, hold still, honey. Here we go. Yeah, there it is. Okay, let's take a look. Oh, it's not too bad. Just a scratch. I think she needs stitches. Stop. I know, I know. I'm so sorry, honey. Girls can be mean. Be careful. And remember, everyone out there is an idiot. Ugh. Oh, honey, you look so beautiful. What's his name? Seriously? Oh, look at you. My goodness. Honey, we're really proud of you. Okay, you're going to do great. I'll FaceTime you around four every day. <laughs> we'll see about that. Are you okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. It just went so fast. I know. 
I know. Even 
McKenna a little bit. Like, Julio, I were just in the backstage saying, like, she's so, ta- the well of her talent is so deep and so broad. And her spiritual gift is so powerful, too. And part of us, I think, is you and I are getting older. We don't want you to grow up. Let's stay this way. Thank you so much. Doesn't she do an amazing job? Hi. Last week, we talked a lot about uh, just this idea of it's just a phase, so don't miss it. Because uh, it goes by in a blink of a what? I like that. It goes so quick. And today, really talking about time. Last week, Mark shared in a great way the excellence of what it would look like for the church to breathe life into the family and the family to partner with the church and kind of brought it all together. And today, when you walked in this place, did you receive a marble? Did you get one? Don't be afraid to tell me you're not in trouble if you did or something like, did everybody get one of these things, marble, right? Okay, so we're going to explain just in a little bit what that represents and what that means. It's relevant to time and it'll kind of be illustrated over here. But before we get there, uh, t- time is such a unique paradox. It's logical in the sense of it's fluid, it's chronos, it's sequential, it keeps moving forward, right? The clock is ticking kind of deal. And then there's moments in your life where time feels relevant. Time seems to take forever. And it, like, maybe even can you remember back middle school and math class, and you're looking up and you're like, oh my gosh, how much longer is in here? And you think, we're almost done and it's only been five minutes. <laughs> you know, now that you had a bad math teacher, but it's just like, it feels forever. But time goes by in the same respect so quick. In fact, I asked to see if I could borrow this little guy right here, Henry. This is, uh, he belongs to Hayden and Sydney. Uh, what's up, dude? How are you, buddy? This guy is so great. If you ever are feeling down and you want to feel good about yourself, just hang out with him because he always like reaches his arms out and hangs out. But it's incredible. How old is he now, Sydney? 16 months. And, and they start here, right? And, and before you know it, he's going to be like this tall. And I remember we were talking, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's put you on this side. <laughs> there we go. And they're little investigators, and they're incredible. But it's, it's so interesting because they start here, and then they work their way up to, like, where he'll be this tall. But not yet, because you're, you're kind of like this tall. You know what I mean? And it goes by so quick, so quick. And so how do we take the time that we do have, whether it be from the perspective of parents? Oh, you want your mom, don't you? Like he's so excited. Give Henry a big hand, by the way. This guy is great, man. He's ready to run. Whether it be the perspective of a parent or a volunteer, or maybe you're in here and you're a teacher, or you're in the medical profession and you, and you work with kids and students and people of that, that age range, and whatever it is at all. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, I'm an empty nester. How much more can I contribute? Our heartbeat today is to say this, that all of us have a part to play that all of us have something significant to give to the next generation, okay? And so I want you to know that in your heart as we launch off. So that being said, uh, I spent the past three days with my three boys because my wife was up north hanging out with her girlfriends, well-deserved. And it was was awesome and chaotic all at the same time. And uh, my guys, I've got a picture of them right here. And it's interesting to think they all started like these little munchkins. You know what I mean? And they're growing up. Caleb on the left is 12. Noah, our middle child, who he wants to be called Indiana Jones right now, is nine. And our our Isaac's on the right there to the right. And our middle one, Noah, it's funny that baby picture doesn't do him justice. He was actually 12 pounds when he was born. It was just, they're amazing little dudes and they're crazy. Like at the movie theater, like we get everybody, we sat down, I'm with the boys. It's guys night. We have the song called it's guys night tonight. You know it's going to be all right, and we all sing it. I know it's like a dumb song. I'm not a singer, but it's like our thing, you know? And uh, so we're like, we're kind of singing that song, and we sit down, we get popcorn, we get everything together. And I've asked them five, maybe 15 times, does anybody have to go pee? Because you asked this before you sit down for an hour and a half. Nope, we're good. Nope, we're good. And then all of a sudden, I got to pee. And then the other one's like, I got to pee too. I'm like, you guys. So we get everybody together. We go to the bathroom. We're like hustling in there. Uh, you go here. You go on that stall, you know? And then... One of them gets in a fight with the other one. The other one, our four-year-old can't figure out how to pull his pants back up. It's just crazy, you know? And the whole, then my older one's like, dad, dad. I'm like, you know, somebody's here. I'm like, who cares? Just ignore them. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, you know? I'm trying to help Isaac out. And finally, we get everybody together and we begin to walk out. And I notice there's no urinals at all. None at all. And I, and I get to the door 
and there's like several moms sitting there like this. I'm like, what are you doing in here? And I blame my sons. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's, it's them. You know, I don't know how that happened. And you know what's interesting though? I feel like in the moment I got frustrated and I, I can't go back in time and enjoy that moment. I, I don't know, even if I could go back in time, I would, you know, to that moment. But there is something significant about it that I realize that I, I don't get those minutes back. I don't get those moments back. They're memories, no longer moments. And there's a scripture that says this, Psalm. The psalmist says, and he speaks into the fact of our human existence, our temperate nature. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it's gone. And its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children. The poet, the psalmist, equivocates our existence to a piece of grass. He's not saying our value. He's not saying our significance. He's saying our existence, the time we have here. It's brief. There's brevity built into it. Steve Andrews, our lead pastor of all of Kensington, is in his early 60s and an incredible man and just a spiritual father to so many. And he made this statement. He had a quote. It says, when I was young, an hour felt like a day, a day felt like a week, a week felt like a month, and a month felt like a year. But now that I'm older, a year feels like a month, a month feels like a week, a week feels like a day, and a day feels like an hour. Time is like fleeting so quickly. To illustrate this, I wanted to uh, invite my buddy Alan Magar up real quick. Your life is pretty much, you got about 79 years, statisticians tell us, maybe 80 and so we took a rope, and uh, we, we marked it in 80 equal parts, didn't we, Alan? Actually, I shouldn't take credit at all. You did this, didn't you, last night at Home Depot? Um, and 80 equal parts, each part really represents a year of your life, and this is your life that you get. And um, it's crazy to think about, but we already dedicate time in our life to many different things all the time. Like, for example, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 20. You like me counting right now. All the way up to about 25. So this first one, 25, I'm up to the 25th mark um, right there. That represents the amount of time you're sleeping. <laughs> you're like, when people say, hey, it feels like you're sleeping your life away. You kind of are. And, and then another 12 years, it gets dedicated to digital devices. Did you know this? Uh, I know it makes you sick to your stomach to think about that. Your phone, your computer, watching TV, even like This Is Us, which I love that show, but it's sucking up my time, you know? But I'm still going to watch it because I love it. And so you go up to about the 12 marker right here. And you think, oh my goodness, that, that ate up a lot of time. I'm sorry, you didn't see that one coming. And so we've got 25 years, right? It's gone in sleeping, 12 years gone with digital devices. You got about another 21, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And almost around like another right here. 21 years that are pretty much gone. I'm just going to keep throwing it to you because it's working out really good. So uh, another 21 years, that's, uh, I mean, pretty much gone to working. We dedicate our life to different careers, work, side jobs, jobs you did when you were little, stuff like that. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Then four years, we give away to listen to this driving, being in transit. Doesn't that drive you nuts? Makes you think about every traffic jam you've been in or anything. It's like, you're kidding me. So we go up right about there, about four notches, and we go away. And then there's another four years that you spend, you're going to love this one, eating. Yeah, I said it, eating, sitting down and stuff in our faces. We're eating, we're eating with others. And so that, that gets eaten up too. That goes away. Okay. That was a bad throw on my part. And then there's another four years that is taken up, believe it or not, in the bathroom. Statisticians tell you it's almost six times a day that people are using the restroom. Uh, don't act like anybody's exempt from this. This includes all of humanity, right? And it's not just the toileting needs. It's showering, grooming, it's getting ready, it's picking out your clothes to wear, all that kind of stuff. And so that eats up like another almost. Hopefully in the right bathroom. Yeah, hopefully in the right bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> Alan just said, not me going in the ladies' bathroom. Way to take a cheap shot up here, bud. Thanks. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so... And, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how many kids we have in the room, a couple of years, 
I, I wish this number was bigger, Alan, but this, this number is about our intimate time, our, our, our makeout sessions, our time with our spouse, right? And I'd love to say this longer, but they say this is only like equivocates to like a month or so. This is an important part of life, guys. We've got to work on this area big time. It's the human race. So here we go. Of course, I throw that to a kid. So, <laughs> and then we have around like 11 months that we dedicate over our whole life towards spiritual pathways, meditation, reading scripture, coming to a service like this, any kind of event at all. Um, and so it's right around there. And pretty much, I'm going to hand these to you. So. Yeah, carefully. So thank you. Thanks, Alan, by the way, for doing all that. You, you've really got about this much time left. It's not much. Like, this is the time we get to dedicate investing in relationships that matter, pursuing the things that really meant the most to us in life, investing in our kids. Like, this is a big deal. I just stop and think. William Penn makes a statement. It says this. It says, time is what we have most, but what we use worst. Isn't that so true? And I stopped and I thought about just the first time I had ever recognized this, the gravity to it. It was at a funeral. And when I started ministry, I was put on what's called funeral duty. And I would shadow a pastor and listen to what they said and what they did and how they worked with families. And at this one funeral, the pastor could not show up. And he called me and said, you've seen enough of these, you have to do one. And it was unlike anything I've ever been part of because this funeral belonged to an 18-year-old young man. And his father got up to speak, to say a few words, and he couldn't even read what he had written down. And he just mumbled something, and he said, I wish I could just get my time back with my son. And I'll never forget his face. I'll never forget the way he said it. I'll never forget the way that he couldn't read the rest of what was written, and he walked away, and I got back up, and I didn't even know how to wrap words around that moment. And I wanted desperately to give the time to him. If there was a way that I could control time, I would have in the moment and packaged it up and handed it back. But it was fleeting and gone. And over this past couple of months, it's been interesting. My mother has been in the hospital with intestinal issues and then she's, she's got out and been okay, but it was like a scare to her family. And my mother-in-law, who I love and care for deeply, had a major heart issue and went into defib and all sorts of stuff and barely made it out alive. And, and it's been wild to sit and watch the way that she is with our grandkids, with my sons. She loves them and she contributes the time and she has always found it precious, but there's something even more significant that reminded her in her soul how time is so valuable. And I even think about us. Like some of us, we've had a lot of snow days as parents the past couple of weeks, haven't we? And some of us, when we get the snow day, some of you parents are like, you already got like the cocoa laid out, igloo plans, you know, cut out things, you're going to do it all. And some of us parents, if we get honest, we're like, oh, <laughs> you know. But I stopped and I thought, in contrast to knowing what we know about time, maybe we would spend our snow days a little bit different. It's interesting, this phrase we're going to use today, when you see how much time you have left, when you, when you and I, when we see how much time we have left, we tend to do more with the time we have now. We tend to do more with the time we have now. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward for the offering to go ahead and take that as we continue on our day. And I just want to tell you, for many of you, thank you so much for not just giving of your time. When you volunteer, or you come here, but you give of your treasure too, and you make this place possible. We believe of all the things that we invest in here, that our time and our treasure, it's, it's a worthwhile investment. When you give, you're giving into lives, you're changing people. And so there's an interesting psalm written by a guy. Most psalms written by David or David's choir musicians or many other people, but this one's written by an older guy that many of you know. He's a guy with a big old beard. At least he's portrayed like that all the time. He's got white hair, it looks like. Charlton Heston played him. Anybody know who I'm talking about? I'm doing a bad job describing this guy. He had the Ten Commandments. Oh, Moses, there we go. Some Steve saying Moses, right? And it's interesting. He spent 40 years time, 40 years of his life in Egypt, studying under, like, really the Pharaoh. Then he spent 40 years with the Midianite people, and so he learned of their culture. Then he spent 40 more years with the Israelites, where we hear a lot about his life and where we get the Ten Commandments story and all that kind of stuff from. But he says this of time, and you can envision, if you would, with me, this old man, 120 years, long beard, gray hair, slow to speak, probably had a cane, right? Like, couldn't move great. He says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. 
in all generations, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust and say, return, O children of man. For a thousand years in your sight are but yesterday when it's past. Or as a watch in the night, the years of our life are 70 or even reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and will fly away. But here's where it gets pivotal for Moses. He says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The first phrase, we're going to break the phrase down and just at the end of the day, hopefully get a couple takeaways that'll help us use our time more wisely. Moses says, I've lived a long life, a full life. I've spent time with three different, really, people groups. I've learned a lot of my culture, of my day. And here's what I've learned. Our time is fleeting. So God, if you would, because God, he's describing God, you're not bound by time. You're not constricted by time. Time doesn't have authority over you the way it has authority over you and I. Like, there's a lot of things we can fight back on in life, but time's not one of them. It's going to keep ticking whether you like it or not. And Moses says, so, he pleads, teach us. The first phrase, teach us, he says, have a, a posture of humility. Can I just say this to myself and to us? There have been many times I have not taken a posture of humility when I should have. And what I've learned is it's always ended up poorly for me. And when I've taken a posture of humility to learn, to be taught, to be a student, my pathway has been so much greater, so much more enriched, so much more filled. And so Moses leads us and he says, here's what I've learned at 120 years old. Be humble. There's a reason the Bible describes him as the most humble man that ever walked. But the second thing he says is to number our days. He says, number our days. He says, you better count your days because they're fleeting. They're going. Like the psalmist said early on that we said, right? They're like a grass. They're here and they're gone tomorrow. Like the song was sung. It's like, don't want you to ever grow up. But like we all know we're going to. And so Moses gets their number of days and he's saying, really put a shot clock on it. Put a timer on it. Have you ever noticed what makes a sports game great? Is there's what? There's a time limit. There's only so much you can do, right? And with that amount of time. I, I remember in middle school, we were playing basketball. And I, somehow I got the ball at half court. And I was always supposed to bring it in. But the, the point guard was double teamed. And I couldn't get it to him. And, and so I had the ball and I didn't know what to do. And I instantly just looked back at the clock. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's only like two seconds left. I couldn't believe it. And we're down. And I, I can't believe this. And, and, and so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I looked around, couldn't get it to anybody. And so I, I looked at the hoop. It was way back there. And I, I took one step and I went, man, and the ball was like, it felt like out of a movie. I looked at the bench and like people were standing up. The coach is like standing up. I can't tell if he's going to hit me with the clipboard or he's going to celebrate. And, you know, but the ball is making it toward the hoop. And it's, I go, oh my gosh, it's going to go in. I can't believe this. I can't believe I hit a half-court shot. I don't even take three-pointers in a game, you know? And I'm like, and I'm all excited, and it's going that way, and all of a sudden I realize it's headed toward the rim, but the trajectory is not quite what I thought, and it's going above the rim and now above the backboard, and it's now made its way through the two posts that are holding the backboard in place. And my buddies stood up, and they said, it's good, like a field goal. <laughs> Coach is like, hey, look at the clock. I look back. There was two minutes and two seconds left. <laughs> When you know how much time you have left, you tend to do more with the time you have now. I would have made a different move, a different decision with the time I had at that moment if I would have known how much time I had left. And so don't let it depress you when you think, how much time do we actually have left? Let's do something with the time we have now. These jars, you wonder if this table is over here. These jars and the marble you have in your pocket represent something. So they represent one week. The marble you have represents one week in this jar. This jar from birth to graduation is 936 weeks. 936 weeks. That's really what we get. It is. And so you start here. And it's interesting because you think about it like week two, she was up all night crying. Week 70, he grabbed your car keys and he put them in the toilet. <laughs> week 234, she rode a bike without training wheels. Week 338, he was visited by the tooth fairy the first time. Week 
349, he no longer believed in the tooth fairy. And, and it's interesting how this goes because when you get to this spot right here, out of the 936, 468 weeks, that they're nine years old. I just celebrated Noah's nine-year-old birthday. It was incredible. But I'm like, we're halfway there. We're halfway there. Are you, are you kidding? And it goes further. Week 522, she puts makeup on. I have all boys, but I grew up with sisters. And I remember the first time they put makeup on, they, they came out of the bathroom and I thought, oh my gosh, did somebody attack you? <laughs> did, what happened? Are you okay? Were you mugged in the bathroom? <laughs> like, what is going on in this moment right now, you know? And week 550, he asked for a smartphone and she started middle school. Week 750, he got his driver's permit. Week 751, he backed into the garage door. <laughs> Week 900, you're down to here now. 36 weeks left. Started their senior year. Week 936, for some of you this rings true, they graduated, or they are going to be graduating high school. And our time is brief. It's small. And we're asking ourselves, well, what can we do with the time we have left? Because when we know how much time we have left, we tend to do more of the time we have now. We get this week ahead of us to do something great, right? And so the final part of the phrase that Moses says, he says that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I wish I would have had wisdom when I was knowing and should have known how much time I had left and I would have done something different with the ball. If I would have known how much time I had left, I would have done more of the time I had then, at the moment, now. And so I want to just take you to four quick takeaways that Jesus shows us how he used time so wisely. And here they are. They're going to be the four E's. If you want to write anything down or think about things, if these would be helpful, I, I think these could be for you. The first one is this, to embrace. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to do more of the time you have now. Jesus, in Mark ten sixteen, it says that he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. He blessed them. He embraced them. He hugged them. I'm a high feeler. I'm a hugger. Some of you have been victim to unwanted hugs by me. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just who I am, right? But Jesus embraced them. It's so interesting. If you want to know the nature of God, if you want to know, is God this angry God? He's against me. Jesus says, look at me and you'll see the heart of the Father. And you see Jesus hugging. I know it sounds crazy. Uh, have you ever felt so disappointed in your life or upset with decisions you made and you're like, Oh my gosh, and, and it's the opposite of what you think could happen, but God literally would give you a supernatural hug if he'd let him, like to be embraced. I remember when Caleb was born, it was a crazy day uh, because delivering kids is crazy. By the way, God bless you ladies. <laughs> I don't even know how this happens, but I just remember being there with Maria and, and putting a washcloth on her forehead and I was pressing down too hard and she said, get the washcloth off my forehead. It, like it switched to demon voice. I don't even know what was going on, but for the first time, I, I like feared her. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's gonna, I fear this lady in a good way. And then Caleb was born and like the hospital room was full and it was crazy, but I remember getting him and kissing him. Did you guys ever do that when you first got your kid? Maria always says, quit saying we first got our kid. Like a stork brought Caleb, <laughs> you know, like, but I, but I kissed his cheek and I smelled him and I embraced him and all was right in the world. And I remember I used to do this too. I used to read them, Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Seuss. And I, I still do for Isaac. And I would embrace them. I would hold them. I would just keep them next to me. And, and this would be the point in the book when I'd be so excited. I don't know if I was more excited or they were more excited because I love Dr. Seuss. Don't act like you don't love Dr. Seuss. Get some of the greatest rhymes ever. And, and I was holding Caleb and then it was Noah and now Isaac. And it finally, when Dr. Seuss, right, and the character in the thing, he tries it. He tells Sam, I am, I'll try it. And he says, hey, I, I like them. He says, say, I do like green eggs and ham. I do like them, Sam, I am. I would like to eat them in a boat, and I would like to eat them with a goat. Where I'm holding them, and like, I would like to eat them in the rain and in the dark and on a train and in a car and in a tree. They're so good, so good you see. So I will eat them in a box, and, and we'd look together, and we'd be giggling, and, and I'll eat them with a fox, and I'll eat them in a house. I will eat them with a mouse. And I will eat them here and there. And in fact, hey, I will eat them anywhere. Man, we were like so excited. You never knew anybody could read Green Eggs and Ham that passionately, did you? We were just like thrilled. Maria would run upstairs. Is everything okay? <laughs> like just reading Green Eggs and Ham. And I was reading it yesterday with 
with Isaac, our youngest, and I looked at Caleb. He's 12, and I said, Caleb, come here. Come to Daddy. Let me hold you. I'll read you that story. And as any middle schooler would say, he goes, I don't think so, Dad. <laughs> he just walked away. <laughs> Those days are gone. But I still embrace my son. I love him. I care for him. And I embrace him. And I want to encourage you that when, here's just a free theological thought. When you know you're loved by God, and you are, by the way, I want you to know this. You are loved by the God of the universe. There's nothing you did or could do or ever will do that will separate you from this unfailing, unconditional, everlasting love that God has for you. And it'll, if you let it in, it'll change the way you parent. Change the way you see the next generation. Change the way you see your, I'm telling you, it'll change. In fact, we want to encourage you and help you in this area is we've got a course called Intentional Parenting. Because we're not looking to make perfect parents, perfect balance, perfect anything like that. But if you've ever struggled with parenting, and I think that would include all of us that have kids, right, have struggled, this could be a way to help you. It's a six-week course. You can learn about it online or at starting point, okay? So the next one is engage. I, I love this about Jesus. Jesus is a hugger. He's an embracer. He's a lover and includer. Engage. Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net in the lake, and four they were fishermen. But then this is a pivotal moment. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. See, this part's so incredible. See, what's so significant about this? Jesus was always asking people, come and follow me. I think of earlier with Holly. He's been saying, come and follow me into a nursing career. I think she's going to be the greatest nurse ever, don't you? Like, God's formed her and, and designed her to do something great. Are you engaging with your kids? Are you engaging with the next generation? Are, are you actually like engaging with them and helping them take them on an adventure? Some of you, maybe not because you're not on an adventure. You're just kind of going through the motions. But that's not how God's wired. God's looking at you and saying, hey, let's go do something great. He said, I, I know you're fishing and you're great at it, but how about changing the world? Do you want to go do that? Peter and Andrew are like, let's do it right? I, I, my, my good buddy, Ryan Colts over here, I just look at, I mean, we think this, you, you've got young boys, and there's a part of you, you're, you're a, a hunter and a fisherman, and you take them on an adventure, and you take them to shoot bow, and you do things, you engage with them. It's incredible to watch. Are we taking the next generation on an adventure? And by the way, if you're not, maybe the reason is this, because you don't feel like you're on an adventure with God yourself. And I would encourage you to do this. Say, God, do you have an adventure for me? Are you inviting me anywhere on anything that's spectacular, that's bigger than what I can do, that's greater than what I could have come up with in my own mind and my heart? You might be shocked at what God answers with. There was a young lady in our community named Allison, and uh, she wrote an email, and she helps out in our Kaleo program. It's so incredible. And you know what Kaleo is? It's our, it's our, our kind of our music and arts program that we partner with a Pontiac school. We get the privilege to, to do great things. You're going to see it in May. It's unbelievable. They're going to come perform here. But she helps them. Her name's Allison. She says, at Kaleo, I help with anything I can. Mostly, I'm with the fourth and fifth grade students and go to all their rotations with them and learn alongside of them. I do it because I love all the kids and it's super fun. I hope that by teaching them, it will impact their futures and by them attending Kaleo and get to know and love God. I'm 15 and go to Clarkston High School, Allison. Isn't that incredible? Stop and think we have a 15-year-old in our community that's engaging with the next generation and taking them on an adventure and dreaming big dreams. She's really no different than Jesus. She's like to the Kaleo kids, hey, come and follow me. Let's go do something incredible. Engaging, embracing and engaging. Jesus would embrace he would affirm. He would love. He would create a culture of acceptance. Engage. This thing is so huge. And the next one is encourage. I love this. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. That's a profound statement in and of itself. And even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. Jesus makes this out of control statement and says, hey, I've done some pretty cool things here on earth, but you guys that are my disciples, that are following me, that I've embraced, I've engaged with, I want to encourage you. I want you to know that you're going to do greater things than I've done. Are you kidding, Jesus? Are you kidding? Do you know what you're saying? That, that's out of this world. Greater things? Jesus was an encourager. 
I would ask you, to your child, if you're a parent, to, as a volunteer, to somebody that's you're leading, if you're a teacher, have you ever just looked at them and you've encouraged them? You just said, you know what, man, you, you can do magnificent things. Some of you don't do that because you yourself feel insecure or you feel inferior or you feel not worthy or you feel unloved or you feel, right, it goes on and on. And I'm telling you, God wants to even encourage you. He wants you to know that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he's called you to be a parent, called you to be a volunteer, called you to be a school teacher, called you to reach the next generation. He's called you to do that and he's willing to equip you and encourage you, but he wants to whisper in your ear. He wants to say, get the negative tapes out. Let me encourage you. I remember uh, when I first became a student, uh, kind of ministry pastor, when I got into ministry, uh, I, I did this wedding. In this wedding, the, the groom's uh, best man worked for the monster company and had a ton of monster cans. And so they were all left over and didn't know what to do. And I said, I got all these incredible students, man. I'm going to encourage them and give them all cans of monster. And so the next week I did that. I gave out, I had 300 cans of monster, gave them to 75 students. And uh, what followed was a group of really angry moms. <laughs> and uh, letters and emails and I, I had these ladies that were five foot two and five foot eight, and I thought, this is how I'm going to die. This is how it's all going to end right here. The idea of my heart was to encourage and went the wrong way, but to encourage them. I, I want to tell you, some of you are in a spot where you feel like you can't encourage because your marriage is a mess. You can't encourage because your life is a mess. And we want to be an encouragement to you. We say this, and we mean what we say. We're a family on mission around here. We're not a perfect family who cares about that. No perfect people allowed here, okay? Right? That we're a family on mission. And in order to do that, I've asked Tara and Jay just to maybe stand up for a moment and so you guys can see who they are. Tara and her husband, Ryan, they kind of oversee our marriage ministry. And we're in need of marriage mentors. We have a, a young family that's here, right? And, and the people have kids and it's difficult. And so you're in need of mentors. And a lot of the mentors tell you, I have no experience. Do me a favor, raise your hand. Do we have empty nesters here right now? Your kids are grown or empty nesters. Look, see, we've got marriage mentors back there. Guys, like, don't sign me up yet. But we've got people that could be marriage mentors. I want you to see, seriously, if God nudges your heart, see Tara afterwards. And Jay, you're running Celebrate Recovery. And you and I both know, because Jay helped lead me through a step study and Mark Nelson. And it was one of the greatest things in my life. It really was to help me take all the junk that I had in here and get it out here and give it back to God. And we're going to be starting Celebrate Recovery in the Clarkston area. And so if you want to know more about that, you've got hurts, you've got habits, you've got hangups. You can see Jay or you can see Tara at Starting Point. So do me a favor, give him a big hand. You guys really do a great ministry for us. The final thing that Jesus did that was so great that he modeled was to empower, empower. Jesus says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teach them, these new disciples, to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Always to the end of the age. It, it, it's incredible to stop and think that Jesus says, like, embracing your kids, embracing the next generation is a big deal. Engaging with them. Take them on a journey. Let God take you on a journey so you can take them on a journey. Encouraging them. Let, seriously, let God encourage your heart that you can encourage the heart of your student, the, the people you're volunteering with. But to empower. To empower. Empowerment is probably the hardest of these takeaways we're giving you today. Because empowerment says you have to invest all you have into somebody. You're investing all your heart, all your soul, everything you got. And as you're investing into them, here's the, the more difficult part. You have to trust they're going to make the right choices. Because your weeks, remember we talked about, your weeks are fleeting. 936, and then it gets to 468, then it gets down to 36, then it may get down to five weeks and four weeks, and you're thinking, what do I do? Empower them. Say, what if it's too late? Fed people say, my, my weeks are gone. No, they're not. You can pray, can't you? I'm going to pray every week for them. You can volunteer, couldn't you? Maybe, yeah, I think you could. You can give, you can contribute to the next generation. You can do this. You can empower one week at a time because when we know how much time we have left, we tend to do more of the time we have now. So God is calling all of us to do this. All of us. This past week and the past seven days, our nation was rocked once again. 
on Valentine's Day. The national day of what? Love. And on that morning, there was a coach, Coach Feist. He was awesome. He looked like a big, burly grizzly bear guy. He was huge, and he was a coach, and students described him as an amazing coach and a teacher, and he was an empower. He was one that would really embrace you on the football field and give you a hug. He's the one that would engage and say, you could play for me. You'd be incredible to the student that nobody cared about. He'd say, come with me. And he would encourage them. He'd say, you can do this. I believe in you. You can do this. I believe in you. We can do this. It's who he was. He was an empower. He believed in the next generation, so much so that he was willing to give his life for it. See, that day he heard things that were shouldn't have heard in a school, saw all things he should never see in a school. And he stepped out in front and he gave his life for students that he believed in and loved. And one of his students' name was Colton Hab. Colton was incredible. He was one of his football players and a student. And Colton sat there and he realized in the moment I got to do something and he ushered almost 70 students into a room and he locked the door and he, he barricaded the door and he stood there and he told them, don't be afraid. He says, we can do this. And some of them he embraced. He copied what was poured into him. He embraced some of them and hugged them. Man, he engaged them. He said, follow me. Come to safety. We can do this. He encouraged them. He said, don't be afraid. We're in this together. We can do this. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I listened to this young man's interview. is so powerful because he was empowered. And then he was empowered to do this greatest thing. He was willing to give his own life a ransom and a sacrifice. See, Jesus led this way. He embraced. He engaged. He encouraged. He empowered to the point he gave his life for the next generation. The coach, Feist, did the same thing. And Colton gets to be a torch carrier of this too. I'm just telling you, we get to be invited on a journey that's so powerful for the next generation. Martin Luther King said, in your country, in your day, in your generation, when there's an injustice done to one, it is done to all of us. It is upon each and every one of us, every man, every woman, every child, all of us, to invest one week at a time into the next generation. For parents, invest in your kids. Volunteers, invest in the kids you've been given. Teachers, invest in your students. You're doing an incredible job. For those that feel on the sidelines, get in the game. Get in the game. Say, why are you passionate? Oh, I don't know. Just because the next generation is depending on us. You and I, one week at a time, one week at a time, we can do this. The song that Hayden is going to lead us into is called Fullness. And it's really incredible because the words say this fullness of eternal promise. So God's eternal promise to us was to do powerful and great things. Remember he said, even greater things than I've done, I'm going to do through you. Stirring in your sons and daughters to the next generation. You know what's timeless? Our time is of measured. But what's timeless is we invest in the next generation and they grow up and they do great things. And they invest in the next generation and they grow up and do great things. And so on and so forth. How do you cheat time? This is how you invest in the next generation. Earth revealing heaven's wonders. Spirit come, spirit come. You want to see heaven on earth? Let's invest one week, every week, into the next generation in whatever way of influence God would let us. God, I pray that Jesus, you, your spirit would come in this place and you would ignite something in our hearts that you love us, you have called us, you will equip us to do great things. God, that when we see how much time we have left, we can do more with the time we have now, that our hearts and souls might be encouraged to seize the day, seize the week, seize this year in 2018, to do something great, to encourage and equip and to move the next generation forward. May you bless in your name, Jesus. Amen. invite you guys to stand with us. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven
heaven's wonders. Spirit, come, Spirit, come. What you spoke is now unfolding. All your children shall behold it. Dreams awaken in this moment. Spirit, come, Spirit, come, and pour it out. Let your love run over. And here and now, let your glory fill this house. Pour it out. Let your love run over. And here and now. Let your glory fill this house. And now the world awaits your presence, and this power is within us. We will rise to be your witness. Let you 
<laughs> oh man, that was powerful, you guys. Awesome. Hey, I want to encourage you, seriously, one week at a time, keep that marble in your pocket, in your car, like wherever. And there's an app we want to share for those that are parents called Parent Q. Parent Q app. You can download it, then you upload uh, like your, your kids in there, right? And it says how many weeks you have left, what's going on. And again, it's not to make you sad that you don't have a lot of time left. It's to remind you when you know how much time you have left, you do more with the time you have what? Now. And we love you. Thank you for being here. Seriously, if you've been our guest, thank you so much. So God bless you. Have a great week and do something great with your week, okay? See you next week. Bye.